Well, welcome back to the Hope Community Church uh, Young Adult Ministry Podcast. We're so glad you're able to join us as we continue on in this series of A Greater Battle. This week, we don't really have a specific topic we're going to be talking about other than continuing just talking about spiritual warfare, how it's impacted us, our testimonies around that, and encouragement on um, what we can share to uh, help you where you are and encourage you in this battle that we're all in together as uh, believers and brothers and sisters in Christ here to love each other and help them through that. I'm with my good friend. I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and share a little bit of your testimony if you want. Yeah, my name is Ben Prianti. Thank you for having me here, Daniel. I'm very excited to be talking a little bit about today. Been walking with the Lord for seven years, coming off of my eighth anniversary on April 17th. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, but yeah, just very blessed to be here uh, and thankful for this series that we're doing because I think it's one of the most underappreciated things mm-hmm. that we as Christians have to deal with, have to experience, have to walk through. Um, and there's actually a lot of encouragement from the Bible in terms mm-hmm. of how to deal with uh, spiritual warfare, um, including Jesus saying that I've overcome the world. So mm-hmm. excited to get into that today and uh, hopefully y'all can uh, pick at least one thing up. That'd be very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's a little bit of your uh, testimony? Yeah. So um, did not grow up uh, in the religious church, if you will. Um, my parents took me you know, every Sunday um, to Catholic church, but didn't really have my own personal relationship with God until a uh, freshman year of college. And um, to spare you a lot of the, the nitty gritty details, basically, I was living a very sinful life. Um, you know, all the debauchery that you can think of in college, I was doing that freshman year, um, you know, drinking drugs, alcohol, partying, doing all that uh, fun stuff. Um, and was at the time thought I was really enjoying it. Um, and I also, for the first time, really got into a romantic relationship uh, in my freshman year of college. Um, and that turned into just really falling head over heels for a girl. And as you know, how that turns out most times in college, not very well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was living my best life, as they say, freshman year of college. And um, the girl that I was dating ended up cheating on me and uh, sent me into a tailspin. Um, and for the two weeks that preceded that, I just began, you know, divulging into any fleshly thing that I could think of to try mm-hmm. to fill that hurt in my heart. And nothing worked. Um And so a few months prior to that, my best friend in college named Chris, he had actually left college, um, been kicked out of college, uh, and was at the lowest point in his life. And um, at that point, he made a big decision and basically said, God, if you're real, uh, show yourself to me. And God showed up in a a really powerful way. And so um, as God timing would have it, um, two weeks went by uh, in April when I got broken up with. And then my best friend, Chris, calls me and said, hey, man, I'd like to come visit you at college. Once again, I don't know anything about his conversion. I don't know anything um, you know, necessarily going on with Christ in his life at the time. And I'm as secular as they come, so we don't know anything about that yet. And he comes. And once again, this kid just got kicked out of college. Uh, parents kicked him out of the house, had lost a scholarship, girlfriend broke up with him, said he's never going to be anything in life. So I'm expecting this kid to show up and just be miserable and showed up with the most joy that I've ever seen in a person. Um, and of course, it, you know, very contrasting to my uh, identity at the time, which was dead inside, miserable, hurt, broken. Um, and so it was very light and dark. And like I said, I did not expect that. Um, and so he came on, like I said, April 17th was a Friday. Um, and I'll never forget that night because that's when my life changed forever. 
Um, it was roughly eight o'clock at night and I had just been done sharing with him what was going on in my life. And um, he had just got done sharing with me all the great things that were happening in his life uh, with Jesus. And um, like I said, I'd heard about Jesus, um, you know, had faith in my heart in the sense that I went every Sunday to church, but, you know, not personal, didn't know what that meant. Um, and so in my mind at the time, I had crossed off everything on my list. Nothing is working. Um, so, all right, Chris, you know, will you pray for me? Um, you know, basically I saw Jesus right there at the bottom of the list, you know, what could hurt? I tried everything else to fill the gap in my heart. <clears throat> and once again, um, no spiritual background, no, you know, real pursuit of anything. Um, you know, just a guy hurt asking, you know, pray for me, whatever. <clears throat> um, so he put his hand on my back and, uh, you know, April 17th, Friday night around 8 PM, never forget it. And, uh, he began praying, um, God, would you open up Bennett's heart? My eyes are closed at this time when I'm, you know, praying, um, and immediately when he said, open up my heart, I just began to feel my spirit just leave my body. And I began traveling up um, and I began going through this tunnel uh, and I saw all these faces flash before my eyes. And when I got to the top of this you know, tunnel, if you will, to like this plateau, this peak, um, bright white light shining all around. Um, so bright that it's really hard to describe. And uh Right there, about 10 yards away from me, was Jesus standing there. Uh, he was wearing a white gown, royal blue uh, sash. I didn't know it at the time, but it's the flag or the color of Israel because he's the king of Israel, prince of Israel. And um, I kind of gazed on him. And it was so bright that you can't make out his features, if you will. But there's just a knowingness in, your, in the spirit and the heart that that was him. Uh, and once again, <laughs> no expectation. This is not at all what I expected. Um, and kind of when I looked at him, gazed upon him, um, I just felt this overwhelming peace and joy mm -hmm. just flood into my heart and I began sinking back down um, and I felt myself come back into my body and I began crying uncontrollably, which was not in my personality at all at the time. Um, and I remember so clearly the very first thought that hit me so hard, uh, like a freight train, was that nothing is the same. Um, and so I found myself, you know, able to forgive, able to love, just like literally my whole world had changed. Um, and so that weekend, I just had a euphoric feeling all weekend after this experience. And I, and I told God, I said, I got a month and a half left the freshman year. When I get home this summer, um, you've proven to me that you're real. I'm going to open my Bible and, and investigate. Um, and so that summer from freshman year, I got home, um, and I read the Bible, saw that everything was real and, uh, got baptized that summer. And awesome. so that started my journey in you know, definitely unorthodox start, but I'm very thankful because it kind of launched me into, I think, what we're, we're getting into a little bit, which is the spiritual and how, how real mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not your common um, testimony that you hear. Like, I I've heard several testimonies of people who's like, oh, yeah, like your typical, um, like, college experience went through all that, went through these things, this, that, and the other. Um or very simple ones like mine, where it's like I grew up in the church, yeah. uh, family's Christian, um, yeah. heard the gospel one day and it clicked for me. Yeah. Like I still felt like the spirit of God like speaking to me, um, but it wasn't as intense of having like a vision of yeah. like coming before God's throne, yeah. which was so yeah. impactful for you. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I joke, and maybe it's because I needed something so clear uh, to to basically wake me up out of mm -hmm. the, the fog that I was in, but um I tell people this all the time, you know, it's, let me tell you, like, he's real. Mm -hmm. He's real. I saw him and I wouldn't be living the life that I'm living and we're all called to live if I didn't know that for sure. And I think that's mm -hmm. the cool part about that experience is like, 
I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is real. Um, you could tell me a hundred people could come up and tell me the opposite, but like, I know what I saw and I know what the Bible says. And I think for me, that's the coolest part is that this isn't just like a feeling or like a way that I want to live. Like I know he's real. I know he's coming back. I know we're going to spend eternity with him. Mm -hmm. Um, let's get, let's get down to what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. I just, I find that passion really stirring in my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of that verse that says, um, like not not against your testimony, but it says, uh, like blessed are those like who haven't seen. Yeah, um, I can't remember how like it fully goes. Um, he's he's talking to Tom Thomas when he comes back, and Thomas yeah, yeah. is like, I, I, you know, I need to put my fingers in your in your yeah. side and your hands, and he does, and he's like, mm -hmm. you know, blessed are those who don't you know who haven't seen but still believe. Unlike you, Thomas, poor guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> poor guy. It, it definitely shows like the that like in. Um, like in God's understanding, like I, I grew up in the church. Um, I just heard it one day and it made sense. Yeah. But God's so understanding of who you are and what Amen. you need. And he wants you. He's fighting Amen. for you. And he's like, Bennett needs like this vision. I'm going to give it to them. Other people who have like these crazy stories of like, oh man, like I almost died in a car wreck. Yeah. And I was like this close from it. And, yeah. and then something out of nowhere happened. Yeah. Um, and God just understanding it's like what we need um, to be able to like have that faith, yeah. have it click with us where we understand the spirit of God's working for us. I was talking in our discipleship group, one of our, um, one of our guys in the ministry, Kevin has an amazing testimony. And he was talking about how he was on the beach one time and he was praying and he was like with a youth group and stuff. And he'd had like a lot of hardships through life and he didn't necessarily see God's love um, in situations, even though he'd experienced church a little bit. And he, he was praying on the beach just by himself and stuff while the whole youth group's out on like in the water and stuff. And he's just sitting there by himself. Um, and he's like, God, like, I, I forget like how exactly he prayed, but he was like, God, I want to like believe, but like send me an angel mm -hmm. to like know that it's real. Yeah. And stuff. And instead of sending an angel, he said the whole youth group got out of the water, gave him a life jacket so he could go out and like be <laughs> with them. And he said in that moment, he just looked back, like just started like weeping and looking back at all the other times where God showed his love in his life um, through people, like through his church, yeah. which is like Christ's body yeah. and stuff. And understanding that like he needed to see um Christ's love through the church and that's what happened and that's what impacted him and um like you know him today like that love that he experienced from Christ yeah. he's still sharing with others Changed which is so life. powerful yeah. um and awesome to to witness and to um be able to encourage and be a part of in yeah. this ministry but yeah. yeah God's just understanding of uh people is so cool and how he loves us and stuff yeah and, and one final piece to that whole thing that I tell people is like, don't be afraid to pray for somebody. You never know mm -hmm. what one tiny prayer can yeah. change. Not only someone's life here forever, but like their eternal destination. My eternal destination changed that night. And it was from a, a simple prayer of God open Bennett's heart. And I think people oftentimes get intimidated by this idea of going out and pray for other people. That's mm -hmm. literally all it might take for some person. Mm -hmm. Once again, I wasn't seeking. I wasn't like on my knees. I wasn't anything like that. It was just the right timing and somebody willing to share their love for Christ with me. Yeah. And so is if that's not what it's all about, then, mm -hmm. then I've got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah, yeah. praise God for your friend having that courage to do that because sometimes that can be intimidating because oh, yeah. there's spiritual warfare happening on him of like, oh, yeah. uh, Bennett like has this past, he's totally. not going to receive it. Totally. But instead of uh, allowing these excuses yeah. to be a part of it, understanding it's like, we're a part of like God's battle. Yep. So we're not always going to understand it, but we're just called to like follow God in this. That's right. And be obedient to his voice and like yep. praise God that he heard that call to like yeah. pray for you in that moment. And, and the coolest part is like, you know, I wasn't the only one he shared Christ with that weekend. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have this idea like, all right, God sent mm-hmm. me back to this place. I'm going to evangelize everybody and they're all going to come to Christ. So you have these ideas of how it's going to go. Chris mm-hmm. talked to, you know, seven or eight other people about Christ. They all thought he was weird and mm-hmm. kind of snubbed their nose in him. But he wasn't there for them. He was there for me. And all it took was that one simple prayer. And I think that if one person, and that's my that's my line for everybody, if one person is impacted by what you did, then it was mm-hmm. worth it. And so he could have gone away thinking like, oh, man, uh, nine out of 10 people rejected what I'm passionate about. Or he could have said, wow, one person mm-hmm. got what I got, and now mm-hmm. their life has changed forever. And I think that's um, the mindset change, especially when we're talking about Christ with people that don't know about it. Uh, know about him is that you know it doesn't have to be that slam dunk your entire family gets saved right there in that day Mm -hmm. maybe it's your brother maybe it's your sister and then from their life other people begin to see and i think um just to completely trust god with his plan Mm -hmm. and people's timing is just critical yeah Um, and understanding that um sometimes it's just seeds that you're throwing that's huge and like seeds that you're watering huge word like you could have had your friend could have had nobody respond that's right that doesn't mean he should stop though he should acknowledge that if god called him to do it god's going to do something with that like his promises is that like his word will come back that's right with a harvest and that's right um will complete his task so yeah um, and and i think you know as we begin to transition into the spiritual part of this the seed bear the seed sowing is huge Mm because if i go in and give an encouraging word to somebody you know i can't physically see the seed that i'm giving them but spiritually something did get planted in there and the Holy Spirit's going to water it, and hopefully other people will, and the Word of God will. And I think you're spot on. If we get caught up in like trying to see the outcome of what we've done mm-hmm. before it is fully matured yet, we're going to think that we didn't do a very good job. Yeah. Um, my, one of my favorite stories to tell about this, this is a really cool pastor, was explaining how he came to Christ. He was driving in a car one day, not a, not a Christian, not at all, just driving his car one day to work, um, and he just flipped on the radio station, and it just ap- you know happened to turn to a Christian station. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, he just didn't change it. Um, and he was listening that day to work. And I guess the pastor that was preaching that radio message, you know, power of the Holy Spirit came upon the guy in the car and he gave his life to Christ in the car just from that one radio message. And mm-hmm. he was basically explaining that um, he's never met that guy who gave the radio message, doesn't even know his last name, doesn't know where he's from. But that one radio message that this guy put out in another part of the country saved him. And now he leads thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people every year to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's his whole idea is that that one seed sowed on the radio and God knows how long before and what part of the country impacted this one pastor who now pastors over thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people and impacts your life. And so once again, the small beginnings or the small seeds that you think you're sowing, who knows what they look like mm-hmm. in 20, 30 years um, and I think to me, that's very exciting because I'm a, I'm a right now kind of guy. So when I do something, I want to see the result of it right now. Mm-hmm. And what the Holy Spirit's really been working on me is this whole idea of sowing seeds and then watching them mature. And I mean, if you plant any seed, 
um, you're not going to get a full-blown plant the very next day or mm. even the next week mm -hmm. or the next month. Some plants take up to three years yeah. to fully mature. Um, and it's God that created that structure in, you know, in, in the uh, earth. And um, I believe in a lot of ways it's incredibly similar for a lot of the seeds that we sow uh, here on earth with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess the transition uh, to spiritual warfare and the the now and testimonies of that. How do you see spiritual warfare in your life now? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, for a long time, I was scared of it. Hmm. Um, for a long time, you know, we all have the pop culture, you know, movies and hmm. television shows that make the demonic very scary and, you know, hmm. you know, pop cultureize ghosts and normalize it. Um, and unfortunately, I think the world does a really good job of, um, scaring people about that um however when you finally read the word of god and you realize the authority and power and identity that we have in christ mm. like i said you know jesus does say you'll have trouble in this world but immediately after that he says but take courage of overcome the world and i think that when talking about spiritual warfare the biggest thing that i see in the church today is that people are a little unsure about their place within it um, and the most important thing to start at base is that uh, Jesus says that he's been given now all authority in heaven and on earth. Mm -hmm. And we're found in Christ, we're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ, which means we also have all authority here in heaven and on earth uh, when using his name. And so I think for me, uh, there's been a big transition of not understanding my authority and my identity when battling, let's say, spirit of depression or if there's somebody that's anxious that i'm aware of or, or i'm praying for um i could probably go down a list of things that i see regularly um, and pray for but the whole idea is that as christians as sons of god as daughters of god we now have the opportunity to actually impact change this exact same way jesus did by using that authority and so you know he comes up against that demoniac um, that people can't bind. He's he lives in the caves because he, he's so crazy. They can't you know tie him down. You know Jesus and his disciples don't walk up there you know with sticks trying mm -hmm. to like what's going on in there. Um, he says come out and he mm -hmm. says who are mm -hmm. you and the demon says I'm legion and he says he basically like please Jesus cast us into these pigs like basically begging him to do um, uh, what what he does and so I think that story really highlights the fact that. Hey, the power structure is not, you know, the devil and his demons and us and, and what we've got going on. It's us in Christ and, you know, the devil and his kingdom being mm -hmm. made a footstool for us, according to Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. And so, um, especially in my life to circle back around, you know, if there's something that I don't like that I see in my life, let's say I'm um, having problems at work with a person, or if I'm having struggles at home, I take the scripture, it's not a battle against flesh and blood, literally. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I go immediately into praying um, in the spirit, or I go into immediately praying spiritual things rather than trying to argue it out with that person, mm -hmm. or uh, whether it be like a coworker, if I try to convince them of my side, I find it way more effective to actually engage in what that scripture says, which mm -hmm. somebody's being mean to me, um, I'm not going to go call them out. I'm going to go pray about what's behind that and let God figure that out and handle that. And so basically to circle back around, finally, 
my identity in Christ is now to be a conqueror on the head and not the tail, according to Deuteronomy 28. And so when I see something that I don't think lines up with the Bible um, spiritually, I don't just sit back and, and wait for something to change. I take the authority that I've been given now in Christ, put on my full armor of God, according to Ephesians, uh, and I go and, and pray that thing away or, yeah. or attack it. Yeah, that's awesome. I was yeah. talking to a friend um, earlier this week kind of about that concept of like our enemy isn't... Um, flesh and blood like it's not like if we had beef with each other yeah. you're not my enemy yeah I, I have to understand that yeah it is a spiritual warfare that's going on between us like um there's a tension there that's being caused because um you've been hurt or something right. and you're not responding to that biblically um or there's lies being spoken into your mind about each other that's causing um pride or yep. um yeah just some type of hurt between you and the other person and it's it seems like it's coming from the other person, but it really it's a spiritual attack. Right. So um, I was talking to that friend about how to handle that. And like him and a, a friend had tension between them. I was like, man, you have to look at this dude as your brother in Christ mm. that you're fighting for, mm. not against. Mm. Like, I understand y'all have beef right now, but this is something that God allowed you to see like an issue that he's going through yeah. that has impacted you. And God has allowed you to see that so that you can be the person to show him the love of Christ in this situation and you can fight for him. And um, one guy chimed in and I was always talking to um, the other person in the uh, in this situation. And he was like, man, this should just like blow over. Like it's just meaning like full meaningless drama, like just, Mm-hmm. just let it go yeah. like part pads and stuff and let it be and like just just let it end and i heard that and i was like that sounds like good advice yeah but it's not resolved <laughs> and i looked at the guy and i was like this will never be done the only thing that will change is the face yeah. because you're going to see someone that's hard to love and you're still called to love them yeah and i'm like man you have to like start now like you've experienced someone who's hard to love, figure out how to love them. And this doesn't mean, like Chase said in the last sermon, this doesn't mean y'all make amends 100% of the time. Yeah. It just means whether you've made amends or not, yeah. you're praying for that person, you're caring for them, you're loving for them, you're, you're getting involved in that spiritual warfare for their heart and their mind because there's something going on in their heart and mind that sees you as the issue. Yeah. And that's hindering them with bitterness to experience the love of Christ that is unconditional, that is forgiving, that's gentle and gracious and allowing forgiveness, like Chase was saying in his sermon, to be given to people is good, not just for the other person, but for you because you're allowing yourself to re-engage in loving like Christ and taking part in loving people, even when they're hard and understanding that, um when you're when you're not getting along you can work through that together and allow there to like be tension mm-hmm. but figure out how to love in spite of that yeah. and work through it because you, like your family your brothers and sisters in Christ or even with people that aren't yet saved and they're reacting to you like terribly, terribly. it's like what do you expect like yeah. this is the world that yeah. you're seeing not yeah. Not God yet, yeah. Um, but you're praying for that, and yeah. you want to bring like that faith yeah. um, 
or you want to like sow seeds for like faith in Christ so that that can be what comes out of them. Yeah. And like, that's what we're doing in relationships with community, with family, with friends and strangers. We're, uh, we're just sowing those seeds and we're seeing that they are gaining fruit from yeah. this world yep. without Christ. Yeah. So don't be surprised when you see that. Instead, like plant those seeds and understand this will bear fruit that is good, that's godly, that's like amazing to yeah. experience yeah. it coming from you. Yeah. And now you get to allow an opportunity for this to be planted and rooted in someone else, which is yeah. like a beautiful, awe-strickening thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell people, you want good practice being like Christ, love somebody that you don't think deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... <laughs> pretty easily could all probably think of somebody that we don't think deserves it. And then I always love flipping that on myself. It was like, there was a large portion of my life when I did not deserve any of God's Mm -hmm. grace. And in fact, when he found me, the Bible says I was still his enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, my thought on that is exactly that, that people who aren't in Christ, they would, you know, I think a lot of them, we'd be, we'd label them as our enemies in terms of them disagreeing with central parts of who we are as uh, as christians and um do we just turn our you know turn our back to them or do we love them the way that the bible says love your enemies and i think once again that's the most imp- hard thing to do probably but one of the things that mike bickle he's the pastor of international house of prayer um taught on one time or just gave a good word on one time is um don't love somebody for where they are today love them for where they are going to be in 10 years mm-hmm. and i think uh, he was just explaining about a really troublesome guy that he was dealing with and um, just complaining, 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 God, why, why is this person here, blah, 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 blah. You know, we've all done it. Um, and God really clearly showed him like what that person looks like in 10 years. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, like that's why, because yeah. he's going to do this, 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 and this. I just he hadn't started yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I heard that, I try to enter into most relationships if it's a person that's not in Christ or um, not not moving towards that direction yet is like, you know, what do they look like in 10 years, five years, three years? And I think when I'm able to, you know, conceptualize that, it's a lot easier to be nicer to people, um, a lot easier to just let those negative things that people do say um, slide by. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also, you know, a wisdom in there that, you know, God is the ultimate judge and, mm. you know, my vindication will be found from him. So whether I ever get the apology for being called that name, um, you know, God knows. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that has given me a lot of peace. You know, he always says, you know, go into private, go into your prayer closet uh, and do this. And I think that I get a lot of joy out of knowing that my father knows not only what I'm doing in those situations, but my heart posture in those situations. Mm-hmm. And if I know that he has approved me um, in what I've said, regardless of what that person said to me, um, I'm able to get joy and, and take joy from the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, where it says, um, you know, uh, if you're persecuted, you know, yours is the kingdom of heaven. So I get tons of joy from that. Um, and all of those things make it a little bit easier uh, to love someone where they're at, mm-hmm. but it's still not the easiest thing to do at all. But yeah. to bring it back to what you were talking about is, um, you're right. Going and attacking that person in the physical, like they've just attacked you in the physical is mm-hmm. just going to go like this. Yeah. Um, and what we want to do is go up here and then he can come down and, mm-hmm. and do what he wants to do. So, yeah. 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 It's that verse. Um, uh, oh, what, what is it? <laughs> it slipped my mind. Uh, an eye for an eye. Uh huh. Um, like, don't take an eye for an eye. And um, I heard someone unpack that a little bit. It was, it was funny because he uh, he enjoyed the 
the teaching of that, even though he wasn't a Christian, but he was like, yeah, um, I love that teaching because if you like take an eye for an eye that leaves everyone blind. Everyone blind yeah. And um, yeah. because like everyone has their issues. Um, understanding like grace is new every day, not just for the people who aren't yet uh, receiving God's grace. Yeah as unbelievers yep. but also for believers because we continually need that we are continually growing in Christ likeness so even if your pastor comes to you and wrongs you yeah it's not like a oh like like Jesus isn't real because mm-hmm. like you act like this and stuff yeah. it's like he's being shaped like Christ yeah. more every day and you saw an area to where he's not yet yeah um so if you're a believer like fight even for your pastor, even for like your your friends who you think should know better because sometimes we forget what we need to know. And you talking about like the heart posture um, was really important because we have to understand that we're battling every day in spiritual warfare to remember like the goodness, to uh, ignite our faith, to take part in what Christ has called us to. But that requires remembering, that requires um like putting to work the scripture that talks about hiding God's word in our yeah. heart because we can forget it super easily. And we, we were talking earlier about um, a C.S. Lewis quote, quote uh, yeah. um, a good one. the mission of Satan, this isn't verbatim, but uh, a mission of Satan isn't to like destroy Christians or destroy people. It's just to make the world so noisy that it's hard for them to hear their God and for us, like the voice of the shepherd and uh, like the spirit in us to call us to like pray for others, to live in obedience to God and submission to his better path and better plans for our lives. And to just get rid of the noise and the clutter, which in many ways is a part of spiritual warfare because it's trying to draw our attention away from Christ and away from his word and remembering oh, yeah. that and instead trying to be clouded with noise of this world. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that my wife and I are going through quite a bit right now. We've got two kids, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and, and another one on the way. Um, and so there's not a lot of time left in the day once I get home from work, put the kids to bed, and then my wife and I are, are there together. And, you know, maybe it's 8.30 and I'm going to go mm-hmm. to bed at 10. You know, am I going to watch a Netflix show that has nothing to do with God for an hour and a half and mm-hmm. uh, be distracted from that and, you know, go to bed thinking about that and have that on my heart when I'm waking up? Or am I going to make the wise but very hard decision sometimes after being tired all day to, to put on worship music or open my Bible? Just have a conversation with my wife about God. And mm-hmm. um, I think you're spot on with um, what the world is designed to do. It's designed to pull you in every single direction but God. Mm. And very, very good at that. I yeah. mean, you, you're you interested in something. I'm sure there's a show out there for you or a book out there for you. Um, and I think that there is absolutely a healthy balance of the two because there are things that aren't bad out there that are on Netflix. I'm a big Formula One fan. Got mm. introduced to that through a Netflix show. But if you're not aware that those distractions are there and mm-hmm. actually put there on purpose to distract you for the four or five free hours that you have in your day, um, you're going to live a life and wonder where you, you're, why, wonder why you're not having joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says joy comes from the Lord. And I've been stuck in that weekend cycle where it's Friday. All right, sweet. I get to binge watch the TV show or watch mm-hmm. the movies and um, refresh, relax, you know 
rejuvenate. And then I get to Sunday night and I feel more drained than on Friday because I've been Mm -hmm. doing fleshly things. I've been watching TV. I've been basically indulging my flesh rather than taking those two days where I don't have to work to spend a little time in the word, go in my prayer closet and pray. Just basically be filled up with the life and joy that I want to share to other people. Um, And I think a lot of times people and well, how do I share that better? Or how do I understand and know how to do that better? I think a lot of times, you know, one of the easiest ways to be a better steward of that love and joy inside of you is by cutting out that show that you know is not good for you or mm-hmm. by cutting out that video game that you don't need to be playing anymore. Why? Because it leaves more uh, heart space and head space to be filled with the joy that he has called us to share with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just to, to compliment what you said, you know, don't be fooled by the world. There, there is a hundred percent an objective to distract you from um, not only what the, the word of God says, but specifically to get you out of that flow of this is what I need to be doing, mm-hmm. or this is what I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, and like you said, once you're off that path, um, you know it's it's not hard to get back on because God is so gracious. But it is easy to forget that you've been off the path and are distracted by a number of things and fallen into that many times and wake up one day and you're like, where the heck am I? And um, and yeah, that's, that's what the world does. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not even the fact that people are doing it with um, bad intentions. Not at all. Like they're just giving entertainment that they think is good sometimes, but we have to understand that um, our life comes from Christ. So if Christ isn't in it, uh, we're receiving everything else apart from him, which is ultimately death. Um, So it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing to uh, like watch Netflix shows some now and then, but it's something that you need to be mindful of, like you're saying in prayer and praying through of God, like, what do you want me to indulge in instead? What do you want me to set my mind on? Because it's not just, um, okay, let me cut out all the bad things and read my Bible and I'm for sure like going to get Christ. Yes, not at all. It's cut out these if need be and figure out whatever it takes to go back to that heart posture yeah. to make sure your heart is set on Christ. And maybe God will let you like watch a Netflix show so that you can connect with a coworker or someone and have a conversation starter that you can talk through with them. Um, so it's not that God's like anti this, it's that he wants every part of your life to be submitted to him. So the, the entertainment that you consume, like what's that doing to your mind personally? Yeah. Is it distracting you from Christ or um, yep. do you need to like take that out? Or is it something that you can somehow give to God? Yeah. Um, which is interesting because like sometimes I'll be listening to music that like isn't necessarily Christian, but I'm inspired by like the all of God through yep. it, which is really weird. I'm with you. And I, I've had to like pray through that and stuff and be like, God, I um, I'm not, uh, listening to music that was put out by Christians, but I'm inspired by yeah. your all listening to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not that you have to cut out everything that isn't Christian labeled, but it's that everything should be given to God so yeah. that you, your heart posture is always for him. Yeah. And that takes remembering and reminding it again, because we're in spiritual warfare and some days you'll be good at that. Some days you may not, yeah. but helping that be a little bit more consistent is so beneficial. I'll give you a good example from like just the media you consume. You know, unfortunately, um, there are a lot of TV shows right now that have some 
sort of sexual scene. Yeah. We're not talking about full nudity or anything like that, but you know, most Netflix movies right now, uh-huh. there is at least a bedroom scene. Um, and you know, a lot of you might not think that's harmful or anything, but you try watching three or four movies over the course of the weekend, all of which have a scene like that in mm-hmm. it and tell me that you are not a little bit more prone to think about that stuff the next day. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's where, you know, once, once in a while you may, you know, sneak under the, under the, under the rug and you may not notice it, but, um, I guarantee you that if you do, you know, four or five movies that once again, we're not talking about nudity, we're not talking about anything like that. We're just talking about a movie, putting the idea that two people maybe who aren't married are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the whole idea of the lust and the, uh, and the sexual experience that is portrayed a lot in movies uh, and TV shows just casually now, um, you will start to get numb to that stuff. Hmm. And I can guarantee you that, uh, you know, or, and what was the old joke? What would you, you know, what would you do if Jesus was there? Would you, would yeah. you watch this if your mom was there? Yeah. I can guarantee you that there's a lot of shows that you probably wouldn't watch if Jesus was sitting there next to you. Why? Hmm. Because there's one scene that doesn't glorify what he's created us to do on this earth. And is it worth watching the rest of that movie or the rest of that TV show? Um, and, you know, that's something you have to take up with your heart, but that's something that I've been, you know, definitely, you know, battling with recently because it's like, you know, I do want to steward that presence. I do want to be aware that Jesus is with me all the time. And, you know, to do that, <laughs> I'm forced to acknowledge, like, I don't think you'd like this movie very much. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, it's not necessarily for the content in it. Of course, that is a huge part of it, but it's like, well, how am I left after that movie? Mm-hmm. Am I closer to God? Am I more in tune with love? Or am I now in a place that I've seen women be objectified or um, people be, you know, people doing drugs? You're like, what did I just consume and put into my mind? And um, once again, circling back to the spiritual side of this, you know, watch enough of that stuff and and then take it, take a toll or take a mental notepad of like what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be surprised at a lot of the stuff that we just nonchalantly consume because it's just a PG-13 movie or I heard from my friend, it's a really good movie. Um, you'll start thinking about more and more and you won't even realize it uh, until, you know, it's a stronghold. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, ah, uh, I need to make a change. And mm-hmm. so point being is not to mm-hmm. scare anybody, but just to be aware that, you know, that nonchalant movie you're putting on or TV show you're putting on, um, you know, just look into it. And, you know, once again, if you really want to play that heart, you know, would Jesus sit here and watch it with you? I think it's just a fantastic question yeah. to ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one, by the way, but it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Greg Vogel um, spoke in the podcast at the beginning of this series about um, about temptation and how like there's spiritual warfare and how there can be like demonic influence of like ideas spoken into your mind that you're not aware of. Yeah. And um, he was like, man, like if you're just scrolling through Instagram sometime yep. and like a lustful thought pops in your mind because someone's like dressed a little That's more right. uh, skimpy than right. uh, your mind is able to handle at the moment, or at least yep. um, that Satan like wants to put an idea of like lust in that um, you have to be mindful of where this, where, uh, there can be spiritual attacks from like what you're right. like watching and consuming. That's right. It's not necessarily that you sinned and seen it, but it's allowing um, like sin and temptation to have an entry point into your life, which yep. can wear you down if yep. you're allowing that over and over and over. 
Um, so being mindful of like where temptation is, the scripture calls us to flee temptation and flee the devil. Um, not just, um, not just be like, oh, like. Not a big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. It's understanding it's like we're humans. We're, we can still mess up even though like we've given our lives to Christ to follow him. That's where it comes in to follow him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nope. Spot on. Like you said, it's, um, you know, maybe not going to be received by everybody, but I, I can tell you that it hit mm-hmm. a certain level for me once I got married, mm-hmm. especially with the, like the sexual stuff in movies and TV shows. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm called to look on one woman's, you know, appearance for the rest of my life. And basically just by watching, you know, movies, I was being forced to look at other people. Um, and once again, it's not the man, I'm not lusting in that moment. I'm not like, Oh yes. So thank God I can watch this now. But, um, it makes my vows and commitment to not look lustfully on any other woman, but my wife more mm-hmm. difficult if I'm casually watching these. Yeah. And once again, it wasn't a big deal when I was unmarried and, you know, didn't think too much of it still as important to God. Um, but definitely came full circle when I'm like, this is making my duty and job as a husband more difficult than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Why would I do it? Yeah. Why would I keep doing it? Yeah. 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 And that's brings it back around to just, are we submitting everything we do to God? Um, are we desiring him to have his like water pour into us to overflow our cup instead of the world? Um, yeah. Because the world will dry you up. Yeah. If, you consume too much of it and um, God doesn't want that. He wants you to live an abundant life with the fruit of the spirit and you got to water those seeds with his word um, because the world can't provide that. And, you know, Jesus is very clear. It's one of the most blunt statements. A lot of people don't want to take it for what it is, but he says you can't serve two masters, Mm -hmm. you know, love one or hate the other. And he specifically mentions the world. Yeah. Um, And uh, a lot of times I think, we can get caught thinking like, oh, I'm not really serving the world, but it's like, you know that, you know the app, you know the thing that pops up on your uh, phone that says screen time, mm-hmm. tells you what you did. I wish we could have like a spiritual screen time and be like, mm-hmm. hey, here's your week. Huh. And it'd be like, well, dang, yeah, not what I thought it would look like. Um, and if you were to uh, unobjectively look at this or, you know, you'd probably be like, you're serving the world more than you're serving God. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's a t- that's a tough thing to swallow. Um, yeah. Fortunately, you know we're saved by grace and not by the duties mm-hmm. or works that we do to attain that. But um, I think if we're all truly spirit filled people, our desire is to live a life for God. And so, mm-hmm. seeing something like that would be like, you know, I, I want to make a change. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, it's not needing to do anything to please God or get from God, but I just think it's a sign of spiritual maturity mm-hmm. uh, when you're desiring that. Not necessarily at that place yet because that could take god knows how long but uh the desire to be mature in that way is in my opinion all god needs and then he will he'll fulfill the rest and facilitate the rest Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's awesome well you got any last encouraging words for yeah i think um i think i want to share what we talked about uh, a little earlier um right before we hopped on just about um what we take on as our identity. Mm -hmm. Um, I often like talking about um, biblically, you know, what happened uh, when, when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, he took one third of the angels. That's what the Bible says. Um, And so if we're just, you know, wasn't a great math student, but if we're just comparing and contrasting, you know, the kingdom of darkness, one third of of the angels and the kingdom of heaven, 
two-thirds. So he's outnumbered the devil in his kingdom. He's got less resources. Um, and then also, yeah, he doesn't have any authority or power now that Jesus went to the cross and was raised again. And so you have to think about it from that perspective. He doesn't have time to go and be in every single person's ear in the entire world. He doesn't have literally mm-hmm. manpower, if you will, mm-hmm. does not have the resources to do that. Um, and so one of the most powerful tools that I've seen in my life and other people's lives that um, I've recognized as the devil's hand is by placing a lie in someone's mind and then them taking that as their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beauty in this strategy, if you will, is that once I'm able to plant a lie in your head and have other people water it, maybe it's you're not loved. That was a big one for me. Um, and have other people compound that with a mean comment or a mean Instagram post or whatever. Um, I don't need to hear that in my head anymore. I start to believe it. I start to buy into it. And then, you know what? When I think of myself, I think of Benaprianti, the one that's not loved. Mm-hmm. And I become that identity. I don't need anyone else there to tell me that I'm not loved. I, I've accepted it. This is who I am. Um, and I find that happens very often today with, uh, you know, I'm just an anxious person. I'm just a worry, worrisome person. I'm just, you take all these negative adjectives and you have created that identity. Um, the devil doesn't need to come and make you anxious. You've already created that as your identity. Mm. Um, and so it's not even when a anxious situation arises, you need to be tempted into being anxious about it. Um, that's your first response um, rather than faith. I got this cool wristband um, from my dad actually the other day. It says faith over fear. And anytime we have an opportunity to um, look at an opportunity or look at an opportunity and say, I'm either going to be scared by this or have faith that God is going to carry me through. You know, that's a real decision we have to make about every single thing that comes in our uh, in our face. And I think a lot of times people have just adopted this strong identity of, let's say it's worry. Um, and without even thinking about it, that's their default mode. Hmm. Um, and once again, it's not the devil going there and saying, be worried about this. It's a lie that was told. They have to be worried about this specific thing. This thing never works out for me. Whatever the lie is, they're believing it all by themselves. Hmm. Um, and I think there is a beautiful scripture that Paul talks about. Jesus talks about, we just need to renew our mind hmm. um, and basically renew our minds of these lies that, you know, once again, if you ever lived in the world, you've been told them and probably have believed them. And um, people who have grown up in the church aren't uh, haven't escaped from them altogether either. Um, and so I think there's just this conscious need to recognize, you know, wait, what do I believe about myself? Um, because a lot of times people I've seen point the finger at the devil for this thing, that thing, the other thing. And then when we get down and talk about it, you know, it's actually just how they feel and how they operate and how they actually think about themselves. You know, nobody told them that they're worthless that day. They just already think that. Mm. Um, and so I think that uh, most importantly, the, the way to solve that is to find out truthfully what God has mm. says about you. And I always call this my purple Bible. Um, got a flower on it. Why? Because it's a love letter. Um, this whole book is a love letter to us as his children. Um, and so, you know, really, he's given us every single ammunition to defeat these lies and to prevent these lies from getting ingrained in there. But um, I can speak for myself uh, just recently, really having my mind renewed about um, being loved mm-hmm. um, and then being worthy of good things happening to me on this earth. I've been two that have really been personally changing in my mind. Um, and huge impacts 
you know, prior to that, if something bad were to happen to me, you know, my first thought were it would be like, you know, you know, I didn't deserve the good thing to happen anyway. Nobody came and told me that or whispered that in my ear. Like, that's just what I thought about myself. And I had to get to a point. I'm like, whoa, like, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. Satan snuck that lie in there years ago and I bought into it. Um, and I've just been taking it on as my own identity. And mm. so what I really do believe God desires to do right now for people who are in the church is to take them back to what he said about them, mm. who they are in their identity, so that when those lies try to come from an outnumbered, under-resourced Satan, you can easily say no. And it says that when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's really my final thought. Mm-hmm. Take account of what you are believing about yourself and make sure that it lines up with what God says. Yeah. Um, because that's a, a, a easy way to look into, hey, am I going under spiritual warfare right mm-hmm. now or how does my life look? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really good wisdom there. You know, what do you believe about yourself? And if it's not lining up with within here, then, uh, then I really do believe God wants to renew your mind and mm-hmm. set you free. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, yeah, so much that can be unpacked there Uh, like faith over fear um yeah sometimes the fear is going to be there yeah you just yeah you just do it you bring it to the god you acknowledge it's like god i have this emotion yeah um Hmm. but uh you've allowed it into my life like it's here but i'm going to give it to you and if you cast it out great if you don't i'm going to continue to do what you call me to do yeah and that's trust you that's acknowledge that he's there with us going through all our trials yeah. together. Um, yeah, he is. And he's overcome the world. He's not allowed anything into your life that isn't able to be used yeah. for your good and his glory. Yeah. Um, and just surrendering all that to him. I believe um, that. Yeah, all fears, all anxieties, all um, sicknesses, like you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. Like we are, like you said, who God says we are. Um, and Period. We need to come back to that. We need to surrender all that Period. and be like, God, we're in this broken world. Uh, there's these things that we don't understand why they're here. Um, and we want them to be gone, but, um, we're here to serve you and we're trusting that you're doing that in our lives and, um, trying to remember to have a humble stance to acknowledge some of these things that we have like fears and, um, misunderstandings, uh, lack of knowledge of the word sometimes and be like, God, I just humbly submit that you do unpack these things with me. You teach me more, you reshape my mind and renew it uh, because it is, it has grown up in this world and been taught some things that aren't necessarily true probably. So just being humble that we can be a part of that and saying, God, um, I don't know where I'm at in this, but reshape my mind. Yeah. Just call me to whatever you want and I'll receive it the best that I can with your grace and guidance and your spirit, uh, guiding me through that. As I compare it to your word, like yeah. you said, um, starting with God's word and letting everything else, um, have a light shine yeah. on it through that. Yeah. It's powerful and letting, uh, like learning his voice so that you just let his spirit guide you through that. And yeah. remember that he offers peace, he offers joy, and he offers love and all the other fruit of the spirit that we can see as um, like benchmarks yeah. on where we're at. Yeah. And be like, all right, I don't yeah. see this much. Yeah. So that means something needs to change. Yeah. And, and once again, like it's not some tricky spiritual sciencey thing and like renewing your mind. What does it mean? It means recognizing that I have a false belief in my heart that says, you know, I'm not loved. 
And mm. I think if we're honest, that's one of the big lies perpetuated throughout the church um, that we believe about ourselves, whether it's because we haven't had that personal connection with the Father yet or God yet. Um, but it's definitely out there. And so how do you renew your mind? Do you take a scripture like for God so loved the world and replace it with me that he gave his only begotten son mm-hmm. uh, so that I wouldn't perish but have eternal life? And, and just taking that scripture and running it over in your head for five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Like that is literally the process of renewing your mind. It's it's acknowledging the lie and repenting of it as what you believe about yourself and replacing it with the truth is mm-hmm. that God loved you so much. Mm-hmm. He sent his only begotten son to, to die for you and he did. Um, and so I think the most, you know, once again, it's not a tricky, crazy concept. It's uh, it's a real thing that if we're not aware of, we're just limiting ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times people, you know, will complain or say, why is it this way? Why is it that way? Blame God. Um, you know, when a lot of the answers are really just right there in front of us. And it's like, I hear people say, you know, I don't have any joy in my life is like, well, have you been meditating on any scriptures about joy? Like, mm-hmm. no, like, would that help? It's like, yeah, I would, because it just reminds you of mm-hmm. what God says about you. Because the reality is you may not have anybody in the entire world tell you what God says about you in a certain area. It doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, just as a society, and I include myself in this, um, I need to turn my ears towards heaven a lot more frequently than I turn my ears towards the people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where I'm going to get my my real truth. That's going to confirm what the Bible says about me. Um, that's where I'm going to get my strategies and the wisdom to carry out this life the way that I know God wants us to live. And um, just to really facilitate that personal relationship, because once you have that, um, you know you can really be shaken pretty good. And as long as you have your prayer closet return to return back to with your with your relationship with God, then you know you can be unshakable, and that is the scariest place, in my opinion, to be uh, if you're the devil. You do not mm-hmm. want to be able to not shake a Christian when he's on a roll or on momentum. Um, and a lot of times, it's just using those simple lies that were told when we were children. Um, and so, once again, the concept of renewing your mind is super easy. Um, and one that if you just picked one good scripture that you think would increase your life and you meditated on it five minutes every day for one month, 21 days, even three weeks, uh, you would notice a drastic change, um, not only in your demeanor about that specific thing, but you'll stop being triggered by things that you used to be triggered by. Um, and like the love example is good for me. Um, usually would be a very defensive person. If I didn't think somebody acknowledged me the right way, it'd be like, you know, why'd you say it that way? Or um, time out, Bennett, you're loved by your heavenly father. Mm -hmm. They can say whatever they want and it doesn't need to trigger you. And I found myself after going through the process of meditating five minutes a day, just like I explained, um, of not even trying not to be triggered anymore, just being like, oh, my dad loves me. Like, they can say what they want and yeah. moving on with my day. And it being such a drastic change from something so minuscule, such as meditating on scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times people think big spiritual changes come from big spiritual moves. Um, we all have five minutes in our day to meditate on one scripture. Uh, that's all God is needing truthfully to mm-hmm. change a, a huge part of whatever you don't think is going right in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the more we can emphasize on the small little changes, making big changes um, over the course of a period of time, um, people would get more on, on board with doing them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely 
been praying a lot since I heard uh, Kevin's testimony that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned it uh, Sunday, so two days ago. And God really put on my heart, like, the love that he shared with Kevin. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of just opened my eyes to that uh, a little bit more and was like, hey, I want you to unpack um, the love I have for you more. Um, yeah. And I was like, God, like, <laughs> I want to reflect your love more. Like, I want to get better at that because that affects everything that yeah. you do. Like, how you respond to when yeah. people don't uh, treat you well yeah. um, and instead like responding with his love, how you communicate with them well, because you're, you're truly like fighting for them. And I'm not the best communicator by any means, but um, just desiring more of that so that we can really emulate Christ the best way possible, which was through his love. And that leads to, uh, everything else pretty much of listening to his spirit more because you're doing what he called us to do, which is love him and then love others. Yeah. And when we do that well, um, like people say, love yourself. And I would, I felt like God taught me a while back. It's like, I don't want you to necessarily love yourself first. I want you to be able to love who you are and I'm going to show you who you should be. And that's, a person who loves me well and a person who loves others well. And it's like, if you get that, you're going to be completely content with who you are mm. because you're going to have my love just bursting forth through you. Yeah. And you're going to have that enjoyment of um, it's better to give than receive because yeah. you're giving love to God, like your father, whose love is like none others. And you're giving it to others who he's called you to love and just experiencing that it's brings like peace that you cannot imagine. Like in those situations you were talking about where people may mock you. They yeah, may they will. talk bad about oh, you. And yeah. you don't have to be shaken by that because you're like, you're not able to affect my relationship with God. And I'm not going to accept any lies that like you're going to speak against that because God, like it's a relationship between you and him. Like no one else is involved with that. And you get your strength from him. You get love from him. You get guidance from him. Yeah. And that's unshakable. So you can go to these situations where people um, and spiritual warfare tries to shake you. But if you just go back to that, like you were saying, Christ's love, it's unshakable. Yeah. Matthew 5.11, this is the one that really hard to hear, but... I think it's really hard to hear because we're not unshakable yet. And that's exactly what we're desiring for. But it's Matthew 5, yeah. 11. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Ready? This is a crazy part. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in, is he- great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so... I think that that scripture is impossible to walk out unless you are now founded on that unshakable, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I'll turn my other cheek, slap me, give this away, whatever it is. Um, I don't think I'm at a place where I'm necessarily rejoicing every time somebody curses me out for being mm-hmm. a Christian or stands up for being a Christian. And um, I think, once again, that just goes back to continuing to be reaffirmed in my identity as, as a child mm-hmm. and loved by my father. Um, and so I think if we're trying to put like an intro point on this whole spiritual warfare is first know who you are uh, mm-hmm. in your identity and the position that you're in, because when you're aware of that, you know, similarly to like 
uh, a general going into a battle. A general is going to operate in battle a lot differently than an, an infantryman mm-hmm. or a person with a one star on their shoulder. Like you and I are highly favored in Christ, positioned at his right hand, um, given power and authority here to affect change on this earth. But until you know all that stuff, you're going to think that you're just some person who hopefully God answers your prayer and I hope that he defends me from the evil stuff going on. It's like, no, 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 no. You are the one who's now been given power and authority to go out and enact changes to prevent other things, evil things from happening to other people through prayer. Um, And so I think that if we're really trying to start from a great foundation, you know, get back to the basics of like, who am I actually in the spirit? And what does it mean for me to carry the full weight and authority of Jesus and to wear the full armor of God so that when I come up against the spiritual warfare, I'm not scared, I'm not terrified, I'm not timid. I'm actually the one standing and saying, you're not allowed to be here uh, in Jesus' name. And just there's a, there's, a, there's a power and a presence and authority that when you walk in a room like that um, with the name of Jesus, things change. Mm-hmm. Things just absolutely change. Um, and actually I'll give you the scriptural background for that. Um, you know, there were a few people once Jesus died and came back that were going and trying to do miracles in his name and, um, or they're trying to do in Paul's name and, uh, they were doing the miracles and the demons actually turned and says like, I don't know you mm-hmm. and beat them up. Um, and there's this whole idea of like, you need to know your identity and then you actually have the authority and power to be confident when you go up against the demonic or you go up against a spiritual warfare. Um, hey, uh, I'm in charge here. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, movies don't paint that. TV shows don't paint that. But the Bible sure does. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in charge and we're the ones that get to use Jesus' name to enact authority and power here on this earth. And so spiritual warfare, know who you are, know your identity. Uh, that's going to make it profoundly easier for you to go against the the powers and principalities of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I could just keep on talking. <laughs> yeah, a couple more hours, but yeah, I think we've got to wrap this yeah. up. Um, so, could I pray for people yeah, listening? For sure, we wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. I pray for you too, Lord. Thank you so much for Daniel and for the people listening on this podcast. Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch their hearts right now. Mm-hmm. Same prayer that you prayed over me. I pray that you open people's hearts, Father, and that they would experience your kingdom, your power, your dominion, and your authority in a new way, and that truly people's lives would be lived differently because that is truly the desire, Dad. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, We hope this was an encouraging and insightful conversation to be a part of. Um, Feel free to drop down if you're on YouTube or uh, checking this out on Instagram. Uh, Comments of what you liked, um, what else you'd like to hear. Um, I'd love to get Bennett on another time to just keep on unpacking this and do life together. And we pray that, um, that you're just encouraged in this and taking part in the spiritual warfare that is around you. Just helping others that are in the battle and sometimes not doing well with it, but fighting for them instead of against them and learning to love like Christ and allowing your mind to be renewed every single day and looking more like Christ. Um, That's a journey for all of us and we all need each other's help to get that. And 
Um, that's with love, that's with kindness, but that's all for Christ as we just submit ourselves to that, to be transformed with the help of brothers and sisters in Christ, just fighting for each other through that. So yeah, we love y'all. We're praying for y'all. We hope you'll have a great day. We'll see y'all next time.